0: You think you know what we're going to talk about? And welcome back to Three Fates Decide. It just sounds more dramatic that way. All right. So this week we are going to be talking about. But just when you least expect it, we changed the game. One Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. I mean, we always celebrated Easter. You're part of the Half Blood Prince. So we're gonna do another free talk, freestyle thing. No planned discussion. At the end of the day, only one thing matters, we decide. We're going to hit the, the, the main highlights. That is the thing of what we were saying back in that episode, Quick recap. Three Fates Decide podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to Three Fates Decide. My name is Sam and I am going to be doing another lovely solo episode for you And for this episode, we're going to be talking about the Netflix docuseries that just came out this week. Of course, by the time you listen to this, it's been out for a couple weeks, but it just came out this week about the uh, Alex Murdoch um, murders and kind of how this family is just all around suspicious. And after watching it and, you know, hearing about the family and all the issues that they have, which we're going to go over, I I honestly wouldn't put it past this man that he murdered his wife and his son. But I haven't been able to watch the trial. And that's something that I want to go back and do research on. So I'll probably be doing another solo episode once the trial is over and kind of go over everything about the actual trial. But for this episode, we're going to be talking about the Netflix documentary that just came out this past Wednesday so the name of the documentary is called the Murdaugh murders of southern scandal and it obviously circles around the Murdaugh family which was this you know powerful family um, full of like lawyers and things like that that kind of ran this whole area of South Carolina in Low County And how, you know, the law firm that the family, you know, owned was from like, you know, was started in like the 1800s and all that stuff. And, you know, every generation has had a lawyer and stuff like that. So but we're we're focusing on the recent or, you know, the current family, which was um, Richard Alex, Alexander Murdoch. He goes by Alex Murdoch, Uh, his wife, Maggie, and their two sons, Buster who's the oldest and Paul and Buster is, you know, the, I guess, favored one. He went to college, he got good grades. He, you know, was getting ready to go and be, you know, an attorney himself, or he's following his family's footsteps to become an attorney as well. I don't know where he is with that. I don't know if he's still doing that, if he's, you know, but so he was kind of like the favored Then there was Paul, who was the younger brother, the quote unquote black sheep. He had, you know, more issues, I guess, didn't do as well in school, was a very heavy drinker, you know, partier, all that stuff. And the first kind of one and a half episodes of this three episode documentary series is all about a huge thing that happened that revolved around Paul. And that was the death of Mallory Beach. So this docuseries kind of goes into not just this uh, death, but m- multiple deaths that are linked to the Murdaugh family. So when I, t- when I said this family is like uber suspicious, they are uber suspicious. And because they are a family of lawyers and ha- are linked to you know, the law in, in that area, a lot of things have kind of gotten swept under the rug in the past and stuff like that. A lot of Paul's, you know, friends and ex-girlfriend kind of talked about that, but they really focused a lot on the 2019 boat crash that killed Mallory Beach, and uh, it, it kind of set into motion how this family ran things. They kind of started, you know, talking with, you know, Paul's ex-friends, his ex-girlfriend, and... Um, whose name was Mor- Morgan, Morgan Doherty, And, you know, they all kind of talked about how, as, you know, once they were out of high school and stuff like that, Paul really became this heavy, heavy drinker. And, you know, they actually gave his alter ego, his drunk alter ego, another name. And because he just was so different when he was drunk, and he used to do all this stupid stuff when he was drunk. There was one time he decided to drive his truck home and he crashed into a ditch and he stopped his girlfriend from calling 911 and called his grandfather instead. And his grandfather, his father and his mother came and basically cleaned up all the mess so that he wouldn't get in trouble. That was the kind of stuff that like this family did. They covered everything up so that, you know, because they had an image to uphold. They were above the law in their eyes. So that's what they did. So with the tragedy of, um, Mallory beach, they, it was February, uh, 2019. They went out to a friend's place out on, um, Paul's boat and drove to a, a friend's place for this oyster grill thing, which apparently is a Big thing down there and they were drinking really heavily and all that and then when they left paul decided to stop at a bar and drink again now he was under age he used his brother's id to get uh liquor for the party and then to go to the bar so when he left the bar he was even more drunk than before everyone was saying, let's leave the boat, we'll call an Uber, like, let's, you know, be safe. And he was like, no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drive the boat, I'm gonna drive the boat. Why the rest of them decided that it was a good idea to just go with him? I don't know. I'm sure it's something that they regret every day. But they did, they decided to go with him while he was completely intoxicated, and go back on the boat. And he was, like, belligerent. And he was fighting with his ex-girlfriend, Morgan. At one point, he even went and smacked her. Um, He was fighting with his friend, with his friend, Connor Cook, who kept trying to drive the boat instead because he was more sober than Paul. But at the end, after he kind of smacked uh, smacked Morgan, he went back and, you know, kind of pushed Connor out of the way, took the wheel and slammed on the you know, on the boat to make it go, like, go faster. And he wound up crashing into a bridge and it caused the boat to kind of, you know, not flip, but, but tilt significantly and then beach itself. And, you know, if they weren't thrown in the water, they were just seriously hurt on the boat. And Mallory is the only one that wasn't found and they were trying to find her. They called 911. Um, and 911 came, and for some reason, Paul decided to like strip down to like his underwear or whatever. But all he kept saying was, Let me call my grandfather, let me call my grandfather. And like he was just so drunk and so belligerent, like they brought him to the hospital. And meanwhile, like uh, Mallory's boyfriend, Anthony, was, you know, screaming at. Paul because Paul's laughing you know he's drunk whatever and he's basically saying like you killed my girlfriend you killed my girlfriend Paul decided to blame Connor and say that Connor was the driver of the boat but you know everyone else was saying no it wasn't Connor it was Paul and blah, blah blah but obviously Paul's family came in and started pushing the narrative that Connor was the one that was driving the boat it wasn't Paul and it took like five days to find Mallory's body and her, you know her, their friends and some of the parents of of Paul's friends were saying like they really think the Murdos were trying to make it harder for them to find Mallory's body because if they found it then that could be like a homicide charge and you know they didn't want that for Paul so like they were kind of making it more difficult because they even mentioned like the girl always wore an apple watch so apple watches are waterproof to a point so immediately they should have done like find my phone and tried to get her Apple watch to see where she was. They didn't do that. Um, you know, the current was extremely rough that day, um, on that river slash Creek. And, uh, so she drifted very, very far. And unfortunately she did drown. They did find her several days later and, uh, it, it took a long time and, you know, it was just a very sad outcome. But right away, everyone was looking at Connor. But the Beaches, uh, Mallory Beach's parents hired an attorney who hired an engineer who basically figured out that it couldn't have been Connor that drove, that was driving the boat based on his injuries and where he landed when the crash happened. So that cleared Connor. And then Paul was charged with. Um, you know, driving, you know, intoxication, uh, homicide and injury because most of the kids got injured too. So, um, unfortunately nothing will ever really come of it because Paul was murdered before he could go to trial for it. He was, went to trial for the charges, but never actually had like the jury trial because he passed away beforehand. But, you know, that kind of discussed a lot of the shadiness of the family. Right away, they tried to, like, kind of sweep things under the rug so that Paul wouldn't get in trouble. And, again, they, everyone said, like, especially, like, Paul's ex-girlfriend, who got a front row seat to a lot of it, that that's kind of what they did. Like, there was members of SLED, who was the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division. They call it SLED there was somebody who was on the case for Mallory Beach that was really good friends with Alec Murdoch's brother. So like, you know, they all helped each other out and you know, it's just really messed up, really messed up. So some other uh, strange deaths that have occurred around this family. One is Stephen Smith who died a mysterious death in 2015. He was found dead in the middle of a rural Hampton County road in the middle of the night. There was rumor that Stephen Smith and Buster might have been romantically linked, which is a big no-no for down there. So they don't know if maybe that had something to do with it. Did Buster do it? Did someone else in the family do it? But it's definitely a link back to the family again don't know if they had anything to do with it but it is you know a little suspicious there was also another weird suspicious death in 2018 their housekeeper Gloria Satterfield died at their home the story is that the dog she was climbing up the brick stairs outside and the dogs like jumped on her caused her to fall back and she hit her head and she died a couple of days later. And what's suspicious about it is that when they interviewed Alec uh, Murdaugh, he said that, you know, he was there. He spoke to her and she said it was the dogs and that she was conscious, but she mentioned that the dogs pushed her down. But apparently he was never there. He didn't show up to the house until after she was already taken. The police had already been there. Like, so... it's just a weird thing to lie about. So there's suspicion that maybe Maggie pushed her. Did she know too much, you know, about the goings on with the family and it was time to get rid of her. Like apparently she'd been working for the family for like 20 years or whatever. Um, Apparently Paul took that death specifically, extremely, extremely hard. But um, Alec Murdaugh decided to take out an insurance claim to help gloria's sons um with the with you know money and all that stuff since she died on his property alec Murdoch is also going to be going on trial for financial crimes related to that claim with the insurance and money as, as well as several other clients and stuff with the uh law firm he is in big trouble uh in terms of law firm he's been disbarred completely because of you know he basically was stealing money from clients and things like that it's it's crazy it is absolutely crazy so then we finally get to what he's on trial for right now which is the murder of his wife Maggie and his son Paul and that was on June 7th 2021 so not too long ago and we're already you know, doing the murder trial. Again, he's also going to be doing several other trials for his other crimes um, while he was a, an attorney and all that stuff. So that's a separate situation. Obviously, the biggest thing is the murders. So in the documentary, um, again, it, they don't really get into the murders until about maybe three quarters of the way through the second episode. But it kind of talks about how the family was under stress after, you know, the boat crash and all that stuff, and then you know, kind of goes into that specific night and how Alec Murdaugh found the bodies by the kennels um, that were kind of off to the side of the house, and he kind of walked around the bodies, and then they played audio from the nine one one call, which to me it kind of sounded like he really wasn't it was like a fake upset but that's just me maybe I'm just thinking that because after already watching one and a half episodes I don't like this family (laughs) not that Maggie and Paul deserve to be murdered in any way shape or form I don't believe that but just whatever um so but With the trial that's going on right now, and again, I'll do a whole episode on that, but we learned from the CFO of Murdoch's family law firm that hours before the murders, she confronted Alec about $792,000 of missing legal fees in the case that he had previously worked on. And the documentary was basically suggesting that there was an unraveling of the finances to the house, that Maggie had hired someone to help them uh, you know, kind of go through everything so that they can pay their bills and it just there was a lot of craziness going on financially with the family and a lot of inconsistencies of of relating to the funds of a lot of Alex cases. And again, things that he's still going to be going to trial for. The man most likely will never get out of prison. And yeah, for at least something embezzlement murder something but we'll see we'll find out eventually um but uh Sekinger also testified that the conversation was cut short when Myrtle received a phone call from his father who was in the hospital and was terminally ill there were witnesses that did corroborate uh corroborate that story that Mural learned that his father was basically on death's door the same day that Maggie and Paul were murdered. There was a text message from Maggie uh sent to her housekeeper um requesting that she come home to Moselle when the mur- you know before the murders occurred as opposed to staying at the beach house where she wanted to be during the summer. There was also text messages indicating that she was concerned about Alex's, uh, well-being and she decided that she was going to go home and be with him. So now it's late at night. It's like, it's after 10 PM. Alec found the bodies. He calls 911 and he says that his wife and his son were shot badly. He doesn't think they're alive. They're not moving. So because they had body cam footage of the interviews, cell phone records, and testimony from the law enforcement that responded. A lot of what Murdoch did after that 911 call is documented, and they're using that as a lot of evidence against him in his current trial. But the documentary doesn't touch on a lot of it because the documentary actually finished wrapped, or wrapped right before The trial started. So they didn't have, I guess, a lot of this information. So like I said, when I do an update on the actual trial, I can give you more up-to-date information. But after seven minutes, Myrtle hangs up with 911 and he says that he needs to call his family. And according to his cell phone records, he called his brothers, Randy and John, and he tries to call Paul's friend Rogan. And they said that Paul was actually in communication with Rogan around the time of his death multiple times, but uh, Murdaugh's son Buster does, never received a call from his dad until like a quarter to eleven that night, so a good forty-five minutes afterwards, and that's according to cell phone records. But after everything, Murdaugh opened a group text message, called a videographer he barely knew, and appeared to. Google's Whaley's Edistro, which is a restaurant in a beach town where the Murdoch's were renovating a home. And basically the defense is arguing with the trial that he mistyped, that he really wasn't looking up this restaurant. He didn't mean to look up that restaurant. Like he wasn't just BSing while his son and wife are dead in front of him. At 11.47, Sled shows up to the scene, and he was interviewed by agents in a car. The interview shows that he makes various statements that will later be used against him, including that he tried to turn Paul's body over despite having no visible blood on him, and that he last saw his wife and son hours before the murders, which a video filmed by Paul would later disprove. So a lot of lies already from, from the very beginning. So another thing that the docuseries talked about for a short amount of time was um, that on September 4th, 2021, there was a roadside incident and it was really weird and it just, yeah. So pretty much what Alex's story is, is that he tried to stage his own murder in a suicide plot in order for his son Buster to collect his life insurance. And people don't really know how to take that, but basically he involved this man, Curtis Eddie Smith, and set him up. So basically, uh, Curtis Smith was Alex Murdoch's drug dealer. Uh, Alex Murdoch it, it was addicted to pain medicine. And so that, that's a huge thing. They also talked about how Gloria might have found his stash and had told Paul about it not long before her death. So there's speculation as did Gloria die because she found, you know, Alex's stash of pills. But with that roadside thing, um, there was also, I guess someone had called 911 saying that there was someone on the side of the road that had, you know, blood or whatever all over him, but they didn't stop because it looked like a a staged situation. Um, But it turns out that the day before, uh, Murdoch's former friend, Chris Wilson, said that he had found out that Murdoch was stealing money and that he called Murdoch to tell him what he heard and that they had agreed to meet on the 4th. He also testified that on the morning of the 4th, hours before, Murdoch would call 911 saying he'd been shot in the head by a stranger, even though apparently he knew this person, um, that he confronted him about the accusations. He said that Murdoch broke down and told him that he had been addicted to opioids for 20 years and he admitted to stealing from a client that they had jointly represented, and then Wilson walked out on him and left the meeting. And then the Murdaugh's housekeeper at the time testified at the trial that on September 4th, Murdaugh had asked her to send him a photo of his medical insurance card, telling her that he was trying to schedule some routine medical checks. And then hours later, he was apparently planning to stage his own murder. It's just a really weird situation. It just doesn't really make sense to me. i um, wondering if it's, is it about the fact that he knew he was going to get caught on him stealing from clients? Or did he know that he was going to get caught on murdering his wife and son? You know, either way, I think he knew he was going to get caught on something and he didn't want to go to prison. So he wanted to do this and it didn't work out one thing about the docu-series, and I do think it was done well in terms of kind of showing you who this family was, um, it, it doesn't really give you a lot of empathy for Paul and Maggie. And again, while they're definitely not, the, they weren't the best people in the world, no one deserves to get murdered at all. So, I mean, it's like there should still be some empathy toward them because they did not deserve that, especially if it was from their family their own flesh and blood. But the one thing that they never really discussed was what motive could have been. And also they don't really explain as to how the police, you know, kind of turned their sights on Alec Murdaugh, 100% because they did talk about how, you know, a lot of like Paul's ex-friends were interviewed, especially the ones that were in the boat accident. They were talking about how Paul apparently had been getting threats because of the whole Mallory, um, you know, boat crash. And they, it was almost like the family was kind of pushing the narrative toward that. So they were looking at all these other people. They don't really explain how they t- kind of turn their sights on Alec, but I'm sure with the trial, we kind of learn how how that happens. But um, they also don't really talk about a motive again, unless it was like an insurance type thing, or maybe they found out something, I don't really know. Um, I'm hoping once I do some more research on the actual trial, I will be able to get more answers for you guys. But overall, I thought the documentary was really good. It, It just kind of blew my mind how this family was. I mean, they literally thought that they could do whatever they wanted and never pay the price for it. And now it's all coming down. You know, unfortunately, Paul, you know, paid the ultimate price for the death of Mallory again, didn't deserve to be murdered but you know unfortunately now Mallory's family will never get you know what they deserve um you know which is him being charged or he was charged but him you know paying the price for it and again death is not a price I'm not saying that he deserved to be murdered so just putting that out there but Maggie they kind of just talked about her not again, not in like a great light that she favored Buster. They said she might've been the one that pushed Gloria. Um, she kind of seemed just like a snotty rich woman that thought that she could do whatever she wanted. But when you're in a family like that, it kind of sounds like they all felt like they could do whatever they wanted. And it sounds like they were able to do whatever they wanted for about a century. You know, their law firm was in, was there for, about almost a 100 years. So, I mean, they've been on top of, you know, the that town, that area for forever. So they really just thought that they could do whatever they wanted and, and not pay the price. And now Alec is going to be paying the price. I don't know what's going to happen in terms of these murder charges. I have heard they don't know if he's necessarily going to be found guilty for the murders, that there might not be enough evidence. Um, Again, I'm going to do more research so that when I do a second episode and focus more on the trial, I can give you all the information if you're not staying up to date. If you are staying up to date with the trial and you want to help me out and and send me some info, that's great. But once this trial is over, I will definitely do another episode and focus more on the trial. But if you haven't watched the Netflix docu series, which is, again, three episodes, I definitely recommend it. It does definitely give you a backstory on the family and really makes you think. And to me, it's pretty obvious that Netflix thinks that Alec is guilty 100%, but, uh, and they don't see that family in, in a good light. And no one in that was interviewed saw them in a good light. And one thing that really it was almost like mob mentality where someone was like that they were actually nervous about doing this documentary because they don't know if he gets off what's going to happen to them he could then come after them and so it is kind of a, a scary situation that they're that you know this stuff still goes on but I'll keep you updated on the trial once it's over and we'll do another episode but for now thank you for listening and if you haven't watched it I highly 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 suggest it thanks for listening everyone catch us next time and see what we're going to talk about because the three fates decide